Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, let's think about this, this message that I want to share with you. Christmas isn't canceled. That's a big statement, particularly in 2020. We've had things canceled this year that we never thought would be canceled. Uh, it's been a year of cancellation. Uh, school's been canceled at times. Church services have been canceled at times. Sporting events have been canceled. Family gatherings have been canceled. This has been the year of cancellation. So I think it's very important for us to back up for a minute and be thankful and realize, you know what? In the midst of this 2020 year of cancellation, Christmas has not been canceled. You know what complicated all these cancellations is that someone had to decide what's essential and what's not essential. Isn't that a new word that's in your vocabulary now? We've never heard the word essential uh, as we have this year and debated as we have. I mean, who knew uh, how that was decided? You know, there were some times during this year that, that the liquor stores were open and the churches were closed. Now, to me, if you ask me, that thing was backwards. If, if what's essential is the Word of God. So it's been an unusual year, a lot of cancellation. But again, we're here today on this Sunday before Christmas, and our declaration is Christmas hasn't been canceled, will never be canceled. We're here to celebrate Emmanuel. God is with us. Amen. God is with us. Emmanuel, he came to us. We could not get to him. We, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Man fell irreparably away from God. There's nothing we can do to bridge that gap. But God had a love that was unstoppable. And so when we could not earn our way to God, God came to us. How many are thankful for that? That's what Christmas means. The impossible became possible. God came to rescue us. I've got some good news for you. God made a decision and looked at you and said, you're essential. (laughs) You're too important to miss. No matter what else stops, he's not going to stop his love for you. And you know, it's important for you, for me, our children, our grandchildren, the culture we're in today to realize that what we're doing on this Sunday before Christmas in the year 2020, we're not just going through the motions today. I want us to get that. We're not just trying to keep alive some ancient ritual. We're not going up in the attic and dusting off some tradition that only matters once a year. We're saying God came to us. God is with us. God is for us. We're here boldly saying in the face of maybe your most challenging year that nothing can cancel the love of God, that nothing can stop the plan of God coming into our lives And we're so thankful. No one could cancel the fact that God said, you need healing. You need salvation. You need grace. You need mercy. You know, during this year, people have experienced a lot of unusual things. We have people right now concerned with family members that have been tested positive for coronavirus. Some are in a hospital. Some under doctor's care. We have people who've been isolated and quarantined. We have people who are stressing over finances and family and how are we going to do Christmas. There, there's a lot of unexpected, unplanned uh, circumstances we're dealing with. But the good news is in every single one of those, God is with us today. Amen? God is with us. And I believe you and I being here today, 
you and I celebrating, worshiping. We made a statement. No matter what happened to me this year, I'm here on this Sunday, December 20th, 2020, and I'm worshiping my God. He's alive. He's well. My faith is intact. Maybe your health did not allow you to be here today, but you're not watching online. You're worshiping online, and you're saying, my heart's with this. We made a statement today. Congratulations. Give somebody an air high five, or if, you, if you're family, give them a high five. Okay. But we'll, we'll air it, we'll, whatever. Hey, you did it. You're here today. Congratulations. You, you've honored God, and your faith has been firm. And I'm, I, I want to congratulate you for that. Let's go to John chapter 1. <clears throat> I want to read some verses here. John's account is very different than the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as he talks about the coming of Christ. I love this. I love what we discover about Jesus. I love to see his magnificence, his power. I love to see his mercy coming for us. So let's follow along with me as I read from John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Now notice the title given Jesus here. It's amazing. Watch this. In the beginning was the Word. You see that capital W? If you have an authorized translation, W is capitalized. That's a, that the Bible only does that when, when referring to God. So here's a title. In the beginning was the Word. What does that mean? And I, I can't just exegete and break down every verse. But from the beginning, from creation, God already had a plan that he would come to us, that Jesus would put on our flesh, that God would walk on our planet, and the Word would not just remain on printed pages, but the Word would become alive and well, and God would walk into our life. How many are thankful for that? In the beginning was the Word. Watch this. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. My friend, Jesus Christ was not a human being. He was no ordinary man. He did not come to this planet by human reproductive process. The Holy Spirit planted the divine nature of God in the womb of a virgin, and she birthed his human house, but God himself lived in that while he was here for these 33 years. He was the coming of God. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Now look at verse 3. Through him, through Jesus... All things were made. Did you understand that? Creation, the plan and the wisdom of God became reality through Jesus Christ. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Look at this verse. In him was life. The very essence of Jesus is life. When we encounter him, we live for the first time. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Look at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. Are you ready? Come on, look at this behind me. But the darkness has not overcome it. Come on. Can you thank God today? All the darkness of hell, all the despair of fallen mankind could not overcome the love of God. That's why we can boldly say Christmas has not been canceled in 2020. Jesus could not be overcome. Let's keep reading. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. This is John the Baptist, his forerunner. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He's referring to Christ. Verse 10. Watch this. He was in the world... And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. What does that mean? 
He would not fit in our little package. He would not fit in our small, narrow thinking. God stepped on the planet and and humanity left to ourselves. We struggle seeing how much God loves us. But let's keep reading. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He came to his own people. He came, and, and, and the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes wouldn't recognize the one they had taught about, prophesied about, studied about, prayed for, but he was just too big to be placed inside a religion, too big to be the product, product of a ritual. So his very own stumbled and missed him in the beginning. But I'm going to tell you, one of the great verses in the Bible, John 1.12, you've got to see this, yet to all who received him. One translation says, to anyone who would receive him. I'm part of that anyone today. Anybody with me today? I'm part of that anyone. I may not have had the original heritage, lineage, genealogy, race, ethnicity, but I believed in him. And when you believe in him, no matter where you've come from or what you have or don't have, what happens to that person in verse 12? Yet to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How many are thankful for that today? You have the right to call him Abba Father. You have the right to come into the family of God. Maybe your family didn't treat you the way they should have. Maybe you weren't loved and honored and respected. Maybe your life's been difficult. It's hard when family doesn't work. But the good news is for you today, I have great news for you today. You're part of the family of God. You have a right to be called a child of God. Look at verse 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Look at this phrase. Not of human descent or decision. The King James translates just literally from the Greek to the English. It says not by human blood. Not by human blood. Do you know what? If you're to determine the paternity of a child, the blood test is to identify the father. The father's DNA is in that blood. I have some good news for you and I. We were not born again by the blood of a man, by the work of a man. We're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. And flowing in my spiritual veins, I have a DNA imprint on my life. Come on. You can't deny it. I can't deny it. My father, God, is God. We're not born of the natural. We're born of the spirit. Come on. Anybody celebrate that today. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Children of God, born of the Spirit. My goodness. I'm sorry, I'm trying to just read, but it's hard just to read. News this good. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. He brought God to us. He brought heaven to us. That's why Christmas is so big. If you don't get a gift, if you don't have a tree, if you forget the the words to the Christmas carols, if your Christmas lights won't come on, (laughs) you've got something to celebrate today. We've seen the glory of God. I've said this before, but I love this same verse 14 in the message translation. I love that first line. Look at this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Hallelujah. You know, all over America today, people are moving out of the hood. 
But God moved into the hood. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Everybody's trying to be upward mobile. God's trying to be downward mobile and meet us right where we are. See, a lot of people say, everybody's left me, but God hasn't left you. Everybody may have moved out, but God moved in. We serve that kind of God. I'm so thankful that we know him today. I'm so thankful that he considered you and me essential today. How many are thankful for that? That we're not socially distanced from God. That we're not quarantined out of his presence. But God came. So the world has tried to cancel Christmas this year. The coronavirus has tried to cancel Christmas this year. Some officials have tried to cancel Christmas this year. In fact, I heard one of the news channels say, we're just going to have to cancel Christmas this year. Well, I've got some news for the news Here's my news for the news. The good news is, is the bad news is wrong. We haven't canceled Christmas. Jesus Christ is as close as he's ever been. I'm thankful for that. You know, when you look at the first Christmas, the coming of Christ, it seemed like everything just like this year conspired to cancel all their plans. Think about it. Maybe you'll relate to some of those that were a part of this actual narrative. What about Mary? Think of Mary. Here's this young, expectant mother. She is young. This is her first child. She's frightened. She's concerned as any young woman would be with that first child. And so I'm sure she and her family had done everything they could to be prepared. She, she was going to be in her home. It was a familiar, safe, warm place. Friendly faces, people she knew, support around her. It was going to be a challenge, but, but she had plans, and they were good plans, and everything was going to be fine. But then out of nowhere, the Roman Caesar made a decree that everyone had to return to the city of their lineage to register for a census. And all of a sudden, all of Mary's plans were canceled. Everything she had put in place was uprooted. Have you ever felt that way this year? I felt that way leading this church. You know what 2020 is? Make a plan, blow up the plan, and make another plan in its place. We just keep going, huh? But you know what? We got the lights on. We're having church. We're doing what we can. We're just going to keep going. Mary's plans were canceled. But you know what you need to remember? Do you know what Mary found out? As we read about this account, this is the biblical language used. It said that during this time, and we've heard, we use this term even now for an expectant mom. She was with child. But this with child for Mary was different than any other woman before or since. This child she was with was God. So even though her plans were canceled, she was with God. Every step of the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem, she was with God. Every part of the process, she was not alone. When everything she had planned was canceled, she was with God. Aren't you thankful that if man blows up your plans, that life gets canceled, that if you're with God, he takes every step with you, all of the journey, he walks there. You know what? Nothing, say it with me, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You can't cancel his love for you. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 8. We'll be back here uh, in a moment, but let's go to Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse 31, verses 31 and 32. I want to read these, and then I want to drop down and read some more in this chapter. Notice this, verse 31 of Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to this? What do we say to 2020, church family? What do we say to Christmas 2020? 
the most unusual Christmas maybe we've ever had. Are you ready? What do we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, you need to say that again. We need to get our eyes on what we do have. We need to remember what's not canceled. We need to celebrate the reality of our God. What do we say? Christmas 2020? Come on, let me hear you. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with Jesus Christ, graciously give us all things? Hey, if he gave us Jesus, there's nothing he'll hold back from us. Amen? Let's drop down. Let's look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, I like that question, don't you? Don't you like somebody to ask you a question when you know the answer? <laughs> I love for you to ask me questions when I know the answer. Uh, so, so, so 2020, what are you asking us? You ready, church family? What's 2020 asking us? They're asking us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or coronavirus, or danger, or sword, as it is written, though we may for your sake face death all day long, we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Our answer is what can separate us from the love of God? We say nothing. Say that with me. We say what can cancel Christmas? Nothing. Why? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced. Who's convinced? I'm convinced. One translation says, for I am persuaded. How many are persuaded Christmas isn't canceled? I'm convinced Christmas isn't canceled. Come on, let's look at it together. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than conquerors. He's with us. Life may have canceled our plans, but it cannot cancel the love of God for us. Cannot cancel the love of God for us. You know, not only were Mary's plans about where she would birth Jesus canceled, when they arrived in Bethlehem, the reservation at the Bethlehem Doubletree Inn had been canceled. They arrived there in the middle of this census. There was no room. There was no room open. No place they could lay down and rest and Mary could gather her strength for what was ahead. You know, there's something about traveling at Christmas that, that is busier and, and, and sometimes harder to do. I've had some things cancel on me and travel. You know, there's nothing worse than being tired and saying, I just want to go get in this room and lay down and sleep tonight. You know, I, I need some rest. But I'm reminded of a couple of Christmas journeys with, with Phyllis and Meredith and Nicole. When the girls were little, small girls, we, we would go visit her mom and dad at, at Christmas. It was a long drive out to Texas from Alabama, and we'd, we'd leave on a Sunday night after church. I'd preach that morning and preach that night, and the girls were little. It's just better to let them sleep in the back seat. How many of you remember when your kids were little? little, little? It was better to sleep than, 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 you know, all the stuff. Listen, man, this was pre-tablets, pre-devices, pre, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it got rough. Let them sleep. I'll try to drive at night, you know? So I remember one of these trips, we were driving, and we're, we went down on the I-20 route to go to Dallas, and, and I, it was 2 or 3 in the morning, and man, I just could not stay awake. I mean, 
I was seeing hippopotamuses, and I hadn't been drinking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I was just hallucinating. I couldn't drive. I said, Phyllis, I can't make it anymore. We're in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Well, there was no room in the inn. We couldn't get a room anywhere. And finally, we, we pulled over to this place. Man, it looked rough. <laughs> you know, but when you're sleepy, you'll try things you might not try ordinarily. And when I went in, I don't mean to be ugly or rude, but, you know, one of those places people rent by the hour instead of by the day. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know, we, we got there, and, and so this place is rough. And so, uh, you know, I'm tired. I'm falling asleep. That's why we stopped. And I've got one girl in this arm, one girl in that arm. You know, Phil said, don't put them down. I said, okay. So I'm trying to carry both these girls, and I'm pushing the suitcase with my foot. You know, I've got to do everything I can do. And we open the door. My Lord, that carpet looked like Columbus brought it over, you know. And, and, and you know, you know you're in trouble when you walk and it sticks to your feet. You, you understand what I'm saying? So then we got to the bed. I'm tired. I'm trying to lay these girls down. Phyllis goes, no, don't lay them down on that. I was like, okay. What, where am I? What do we, you mean, we came in here to sleep. And she said, let me pull the a, pull a bedspread back. The sheets will be cleaner. Well, they weren't either. So I knew right then what I was about to do. I looked at her. I said, we're not going to stay, are we? She said, not in this place. We're not staying. So we went back in the car and carried the girls back down and pushed the suitcase back down. And by then, I was so frustrated, I stayed awake the rest of the night. We drove in. There was one other time. Again, we were trying to get there at Christmas. And I had driven through the night and slept. It was just about daylight was just coming up, and we had pulled in on the interstate, pulled off, got the girls some breakfast, and we were there on I-20 going through Shreveport, and, and, and I'd driven through the night, so I, I just laid down in the back seat. And Phyllis pulled on the interstate, and all of a sudden, bang, she hit the brake. Man, I sat up, and I looked in front of us. I said, well, all the traffic had stopped. There had been a wreck, and, and Phyllis got stopped. And then you know what you do when you look in front of you? Then you look behind you, don't you, to see if that guy stopped and there was this lady with this maniacal look in her face. I don't know what was going on, but I could tell she was in la-la land, and she wasn't texting either. She just, here she came, and she was flying, and I said, hey, hold on. Is she going to hit us? At the last minute, she veered and didn't hit us straight on, but she sideswiped us all the way down the car. And, and so when she did that, then she ricochets off like this, and you know those 40-foot light poles that are there along the interstate she didn't just run into one she clipped that thing down she was going so fast so first i'm looking at this lady and she's grinding down the side of the car and then the light poles falling and i mean it's like I, and i was almost asleep i'm like is this a dream and then i look at her car spinning down this hill and and smoke's coming up so i said everybody good here everybody good yeah so i you know, I jump out and run down to see if I thought maybe her car was on fire. So I get down there. I could see it was just a radiator. I said, ma'am, are you okay? She's kind of shocked. She said, yes. I said, okay, somebody's coming. So I go back up the hill to, to stay with my family. And when I get there, Nicole, now Nicole's is a little bitty thing. You know, I, I still don't have an answer for this. Nicole said, dad, I, can I ask you a question? I said, okay, honey. And I thought she was going to, you know, everybody okay? What just happened? I said, you can ask me a question. She goes, dad. Did the lady have lipstick on? What, what is that? I mean, where did that come from? I don't even know. Did she have lipstick on? I said, honey, I didn't notice. I, I don't know. I mean, what? So, you know, sometimes things get canceled. And your family asks you goofy questions at the wrong time. But you know what I discovered about the goodness of God and the love of God that will never leave us alone, that even when your reservation gets canceled 
and your plans get blown up and you're looking for a warm, nice, dry bed to lay down and get some rest for this obviously pregnant lady and they look at you and say, I'm sorry, there's nowhere for you to rest. All we have is a stable out back inside a cave full of animals. But if you want to go in there and rest, go ahead. But here's what I want to tell you. When every plan you have gets rearranged and reshuffled and it looks like there's no solution, the God we serve can turn a cave into a church, can take a stable and make it holy ground because wherever you go, God's going to go with you. Whatever you face, God's going to get in it. You know that little cave where Jesus was born, this makeshift stable is one of the most authentic authentic places on earth today. Do you know that when you go to the Holy Land, they'll tell you, we think this is where this happened, and in this area, this is where that happened. But the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem is one of the most original, oldest churches in the whole Middle East. You know why? Because during the Crusade era, when the Turkish invaders were coming in and Suleiman the Great and destroying the, the artifacts of Christianity and burning down every church, they rode their horses into the doors of the Church of the Nativity to insult it and desecrate it and burn it down. But when they rode in, the, the, these Arab raiders didn't know anything about Christianity. They looked up on the wall there in the Church of the Nativity and there was this beautiful mural that had been painted of the three kings who came to worship Jesus. And as the leader looked up, he said, look, that one looks like us. They must respect us here. Leave this church alone. We're going to leave it just as it is. And do you know today the world comes to the little church in Bethlehem to worship Jesus at the place where he was born. Can I tell you when the world tries to cancel your hopes and your dreams and your plans, God will turn, turn your cave into a church. He'll turn your mess into a miracle. He'll turn your, your, your backyard stable <clears throat> into a worship experience. Why? Because when God's in something, you can't stop what he does. Everything the world can cancel can be canceled. But if God's in it, He's going to bless that moment in your life. How many are thankful Christmas hasn't been canceled in 2020? You know, I think about Joseph. Think of Joseph. Guys, you know how we are. It's just in our nature as men, especially men of God, we want to protect our family. We want to provide for our family. We want to make everybody secure. We want everything to be okay. That's our greatest joy. And here's Joseph. <laughs> He's engaged he and Mary went ahead and married, but they haven't come together as husband and wife. He's honoring what God is doing. And this is his first big moment to <clears throat> prove himself to his new wife. And he wants to take care of her and make sure everything's okay. And for her to learn early on, she can trust him and respect him. And what happens? They have to leave their home in Nazareth and take this journey. And Oh, my goodness. You know, he was concerned about her. And then they get to Bethlehem. And what happens? They, they go to a stable. And now here's this man. I can imagine. I would have been so embarrassed that I had to come tell my wife, we're going to have to sleep in the stable. I would have been so disappointed if I couldn't take care of her, if I couldn't have protected her. This is all I can do. How humiliating for a man. But you know what you need to remember, men and women in this room today and those that are online, 
You know what? Still the fact, Jesus is God. We're just the skin. <laughs> it's God that lives in us, and we just carry out his purposes. When we are exhausted with what we can do, God's not at the end of himself. All you can do is yourself. What do you do when we can't do the things you want to? Well, Joseph, just hold her hand and be there. Just touch her face and comfort her. Just look into her eyes and let her know, I'm not going to leave you alone. Let her hear you praying. Do what you can. Be there. Can I tell you something? I want to say it again. He's God. We're just the skin. He's the one that makes it work. I can tell you men, women, moms, dad, just be there. Maybe you can't do everything you want to do this Christmas. Maybe your finances are different. Maybe your gathering is going to be different. Let me remind you again. He's God. We're just the skin. Just do what you can, and God will make that enough. Can somebody say amen to that? Finally, before we pray together today, there was another group, and maybe you can relate to this. It was the shepherds. The shepherds. They were working on this night. Their day off evidently had been canceled. (laughs) Has any of your workplace been canceled this year? Have any of your plans been reshuffled? Has your, your hours been cut back? Have your employees been sent home? Have you gone home to work out of home? Has work turned upside down on you? Has income shifted? These, these shepherds' income, their, their work was, was interacted. Something happened there. Matthew 2 says, interesting, it says they were living in the fields watching their sheep. Do you know that shepherds were considered the lowest level of society in that day? I guess maybe because they lived with their sheep and they lived outside. I guess if you had a shepherd in your family, he came over for Christmas, it smelled like sheep when he walked in the door. I guess they weren't the most welcomed, honored, and respected people. But there's something I've noticed about the heart of God. There's something I've seen again and again and again reading through Scripture. And watching God interact with people like you and me. Those that others might overlook and neglect and put at the end of the line. Those that may be at the bottom and, 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 and not important to others. It seems like God's always looking for the one that everyone else has forgotten. The one that everybody else has overlooked. The one that is hungry. The one that is helpless. The one that is needy. The one that can't give you anything back when you stop your life and help them. The shepherds were the lowest, but the angels told them first. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. They were the first to worship Jesus. They were the first to go tell everyone around them, God's Son has come. The Messiah is here. What you and I need to know today, no matter what life has labeled you, God calls you essential. You are as important to Him as anyone on this planet today. God goes to the low places. There was one more group, the kings came. Their plans Their comfort, their rights, their privileges were canceled by their own choice. And what drives a man who has wealth and power and privilege and all the opportunities life can give them? What drives a man like that to leave comfort and home and respect and security? i tell you what drives a man who has everything this world can offer. The void inside of his heart that says, I have everything life can give me, but there's something missing.
I have everything I can buy. Anything that I wish is mine, but my heart is empty. My soul is void. And whatever I have to do to find this Jesus, I'm going to do it. So today, there's a commonality among us, those of us here, those online, our family, our brothers, our sisters. If you're on the lowest rung of society or on the highest level, we are united by a need for God, Emmanuel, to come walk inside our life and change the things that life is broken. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.